0: Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, brought to you by Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers. We have another feature centered around 2019, that being the 50th anniversary of the very first win at the Indianapolis 500 by a car wearing wings. We open here with my friend, and it's insane to say Mario Andretti has become a friend. Victory, 1969, Indianapolis 500 in that crazy Bronner Hawk with one front wing and three stacked across the back of the car, it was meant to race a Lotus. That Lotus crashed, as he tells us. We get into the evolution of wings in IndyCar, with 1969 being the year where they were opened up and allowed in the rules. Fascinating to hear Mario talk about not just their use, but the development, the placement, where to place, where not to place some of the mistakes that were made, all with that glorious Dayglo STP-sponsored Bronner Hawk that delivered him to Victory Lane 50 years ago. It's about a 15-or-so-minute conversation with the great Mario Andretti. and Then we move into a longer conversation with another friend of mine who I love, and I think everybody loves, Uncle Bobby. Bobby Unser, three-time Indianapolis 500 winner, the man who won his first 500 the year before Mario won his, and that being in a vehicle without wings. So we have the man who won the last Indy 500 without, and the first man to win with. So just really wanted to get into all things technical with both men. Uncle Bobby, uh, just a beloved, beloved man. And as you might be able to pick up from the conversation, uh, he. Trusts me on the technical side. He knows once upon a time I was a very mediocre race engineer in IndyCar and other formulas. And so we get into some fun here. As you might know to expect with Uncle Bobby, if your ears are sensitive to words that would never be uttered at church on a Sunday, then stop listening after Mario opens because Uncle Bobby uncorks all manner of words. Some of them four letters, some of them, uh, just it's the pure unadulterated Bobby Unser experience, but talking tech, talking wings. And if you're a fan of the technical side of the sport, I hope you realize how special these two men happen to be knowing that they were at the dawn of wings coming into what we do here And frankly, their work, their experimentation, their willingness to suggest ideas, if not in Bobby's case, to help make parts and pieces and then go out and drive the very cars to see if it worked, brought us very heavily to where we are today. So that's our feature. This 50th anniversary piece written about in the Indy 500 program this year by me. With these two conversations being fairly long, far more than we could ever use in a 1,200-word piece in the program, well, wanted to make sure that you could enjoy the full conversation with Mario, the greatest of all time, and Uncle Bobby, I believe the inventor of all things of all time. So let's get going with them. All brought to you by Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers here on the Marshall Pro Podcast. After years of, of you and, uh, and, and other smart-minded folks using, you know, the duckbill pieces and things to try and make downforce without aerofoils being actually allowed, '69 was the first year where they said you can mount, you know, an actual proper wing profile to the cars, uh, but with, you know, limitations. You share some thoughts before we get into maybe the, the more technical side of, of things, but. Uh, how much of a revolution was this 50 years ago where, you know, the, the word downforce really first started to become part of the Indy 500 lexicon? Well, you know, when uh, <clears throat> just driving even
1: sports cars, you knew that, like, chin spoilers and so forth, what they did. And I know what, uh, you know, the, having uh, just chin spoilers and a ducktail in 67 on my car, what that meant uh and and so here again uh the, the wing aspect you know was something that uh uh it was a little more sophisticated way of doing it of course and uh and Colin was the one that um, you know brought that about but uh uh still the they were only front wings and then um, and in the rear you, you could see that he had uh, uh the body shape and and the rear tail you know kicking up and us uh, to be able to, to replicate something like this as you can see the rear part even with his winglets they're ahead of the axle so they were not very efficient I mean it was a drag factor but we had so much power so that was not an issue but um, it, all, everything needed to be further back to give it more leverage that's why I could only use one wing in the front as you can see so but it was still help. It was still down for us, and uh, and these were the times in you know, a single seater. We were trying to find a space, find a way to uh, you know to do it. You could tell, as I said, it was uh, very archaic, very uh, you know simple, you know, in, in, in its approach, and and, uh, and and it was not. It's not that we had a lot of pieces to test, especially with the scars. You can see, you know, we. Uh, we had limited time, so, uh, but at least the idea was beginning to uh, take to shape there for further the aerodynamics on. And that's where, you know, I look at uh, my career, what experiences that I've had, uh, how much knowledge I gathered, you know, along the way to, to, to realize how important all of these uh, features were, you know, to advance, uh, to to increase the cornering speeds and whatever. So it's fascinating times, really, when I look at it. I mean, uh, and you could tell in those days we didn't worry about uh, having the car all that clean because we had more power than we could use. You know, we had so much horsepower. You know, so we could afford to hang shit out there, you know, with no real pain. I mean, no real penalty, say. yeah. So, but nevertheless, as I say, you know, uh, we, uh, there was a lot of um, ideas uh, going on there. It was a lot of things that I'm looking at. Uh, like you see the uh, the uh, intakes for the uh, radiator and, and oil coolers that the oil coolers especially if you look uh, on you know, on top of the number two on the pod yeah then you look below right behind the number where the exit was with the louvers and it was very inefficient to that's why we were having cooling problems uh, especially all uh, you know the the oil wasn't cooling because uh, if we didn't know that we didn't, you know, that you only find that in a wind tunnel. In front of the rear wheel, there's a lot of
2: dead air. Yes. So, so we, you could tell we had to really force the air in because we had a naca duct there, and the naca duct was not enough.
1: So we had to put a scoop on there to force the air. But um, as you said, there was a lot of things that, um, you know, God, I mean, <laughs> trial yeah, you know, yeah, trial and error. You know, and and there were a lot of, uh, you know, the wind tunnel aspect was never even thought of at the time yet, not for single seaters. And so, uh, but again, you know, yeah, you had to begin somewhere. And I'm just so happy that I had the experience, you know, to 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 uh, to go through all these things. And. Uh, Uh, So that's why, as I say, I have a special appreciation for what uh, is enjoyed today and how and where it started, how it
2: started.
0: I'm looking at some other photos, (coughs) qualifying photos from the 69 race, uh, and it's just funny looking at, say, Gary Bettenhausen is sitting in, I think he was in a Gerhardt, and there are no wings mounted externally on the nose or over the rear, But there is, between the front tires, uh, mounted on top of the body, there's a somewhat short, cute little wing that someone just bolted on top of the body. Um, I'm looking at Jack Brabham in his Brabham, the blue number 95 car, and it has two very wide front wings on it but it doesn't have any actual wings at the back. It's got a, uh, an adjustable duck bill at the rear. Knowing that you were, you know, integral, Mario, and in helping to bring these advancements to the Speedway, uh, can you just share some thoughts on what it was like back then in 69? I don't know if it was walking up or down pit lane to see what other people were doing, but I'm guessing there was so much freedom, and, and it's kind of a new frontier, I look at some of these photos and realize, wow, so many folks are like, "Hey, let's try this." There's so many different concepts of how to make wings work, uh, starting here in '69. Uh, I, I absolutely. I mean, and that's
1: that. Yeah, you're always looking at the over your shoulders. You know, what are these guys doing? Who's coming up with what and why? You know, so there was a lot of that curiosity. I tell you, it was a champion of really finding out what's going on around you was uh, Jim McGee. Ooh. You know, for some reason, I mean, he just knew what was going on everywhere, and uh, he had, uh, you know, he had an uncanny way of uh, really observing things, and then they say, hey, Mary, you see what, and, and, and this and that, so so we, we were working together so well, you know, because uh, he got it, you know, he got it. It was... Um, it was a perfect situation. Then, then we had to sell the idea to Clint Bronner, who was very conservative. Yeah, always worried about the rules. But uh, it was uh, it was interesting, though. I mean, uh, uh, the relationships that I had, you know, with Jim and and Clint and so forth. And then uh, uh, at one point, uh, as soon as uh, you know, uh, we had to deal with just this card and. Uh, we just uh, want to make sure that we didn't get. Because Andy Grantelli liked to have a lot of suggestions. We were trying to just uh, uh, not get confused with a lot of things. And we had to try to keep him away from
0: us. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, mean, I mean, it was kind of cute, actually. But, uh, um,
1: but anyway, uh, our brains were always. gear, always working, and uh, and so were everybody else's, you know, and, uh, but it was so much yet to be learned, that's the thing, in those days, and uh, yes, there were some rules, but some rules weren't even thought of, because they didn't know what the hell to rule, Mm. you know, so, so whenever somebody came up with something that was uh, different, archaic, and then, uh, then they had to look at it again, and uh, either... uh, put some kind of a definition on it or or say not allowed and all that. But um, uh, nevertheless, uh, these were wonderful uh, moments, wonderful decades uh, where, you know, so many things were progressing, were being born, and uh, we were all part of it. We were all just trying to rack our brains. How do we make these babies just go faster around the corners?
0: You know, last question or two for you, and this comes back to something we mentioned uh, earlier uh, in in the other piece. I'm looking here at your dear friend, Supertext. I'm looking at A.J. Foyt in his 1969 qualifying photo. And for those who didn't know the story, they might say, hey, wait a minute. Did Mario copy A.J.'s car? Because, boy, those wings at the back Sure look a lot like the one on the Brawner and vice versa. Uh, w- what kind of chicken and egg story do we have going on here? I mean, that was also, you know, part of things too, right? You see something that makes sense or you think might work well, and you, you know, don't make like it. like I said, he, he can say, he can say that, that we copied him and we'll say he copied us. <laughs> and
2: who the hell is going to dispute that?
0: And it's also a bit of flattery, I'm guessing, in there, too, where you say, hey, we come up with this great idea, we're so proud of it, and, hey, wait a minute, uh... That sure looks a lot like that sure looks a lot like what we came up with too. I mean, that's also a bit of an accepted part of the game, where a good idea you can't cover it up uh, on the racetrack. So inevitably, you know. Yeah, like I said again, just uh, I
1: uh, I know that uh, we had these wings and all that at uh, at Hamford you know before. So uh, we we were on this thing uh, way before, and, and don't forget, we won with this car, I mean, we just we really smoked them, you know so I had her on pole and and I wanted to race there, so it
0: was
1: was not just by accident
0: I love it, well the last question here, Mario, is just maybe more of a historical (coughs) uh, context so these photos that we're looking at of of wings being allowed in 69 uh, kind of the normal part of racing starts to happen within just two, three years, where we look at uh, the Eagles, for example, you know, Bobby Unser's, you know, beautiful, whether it's the white car, Olsenite, or otherwise, um, or a McLaren, for example, with rear wings, brother, you could have a picnic for a family of six, (laughs) they were so cartoonishly (laughs) large. Can you just share some thoughts on, you know, that's evolution, though, right? In only a couple of years, we go from these little tiny wings to, holy cow, you know, did you steal that from a Boeing? Where'd that come from? Yeah, but well, let's do it right. You know,
1: it's, uh, I tell you, a lot of it, uh, like as far as the, uh, the the larger wings, a lot of it uh, came from the, the chaparrales. You know, they were uh, Jim Hall was really one of the first ones to kind of start putting some uh, honest to goodness, good, good, uh, and I think uh, that's due to uh, some wind tunnel testing, they had a general motors. And, uh, and so then you started thinking, well, you know what? If you can have it on a sports car, why can you have it on these? So all of a sudden, uh, you know, uh, beginning to go with the proper things. And I remember in those years when, like, you know, even when uh, uh, Penske, Roger Penske came out there with his nice, large wings on there, I think it was even, I don't know, it was Gary Bittenhausen driving or something. I was so jealous. I said, oh, man, that's the way to go, you know? And um, uh, I think in those days they were playing with a carasac car, you know? And, uh, um, and, and it seemed like Exactly, that's the way to go. That was a big, big step forward, you know, to just achieve some honest to goodness downforce with good flow and everything else.
0: Well, I'm hoping uh, among all the the many things that we're celebrating uh, about you this year, Mario, I just also love the fact that even on the technical side, beyond the 500 victory and all the great things there, I I hope folks can take an appreciation that uh, you're also a pioneer in in helping to make uh, what we, you know, modern day aerodynamics have become such a vital portion of motor racing at Indy and so many other places, and it's just really cool to see that uh, you're at the forefront of that revolution as well.
1: Yeah, I, again, I, I pride myself of, uh, you know, really uh, having had and, and trying to uh, express my ideas, too, you know, uh, because, as I said, as a driver, I got a pretty good taste, uh, you know, as, uh, at the, the effects of, uh, of aerodynamics, you know, really early on, and I know how important it was. So always looking for you, always looking to try to... Uh, to advance the cause here for the benefit, and, uh, and again, it was uh, my own interest, but uh, uh, that's one thing that uh, I, I really, I was keen about, you know, pursuing, for sure.
0: This year's race will be the 50th anniversary of when wings were first allowed, 1969, so... Yeah, I couldn't even have told you that. Well, wow. I, I just figure since you were the last... Last to win at Indy uh, without wings. Um, I just thought it might be interesting to get your thoughts knowing how we kind of went from the mid 60s, later 60s with, you know, little duck bills and just some little, not wing, actual arrow, you know, arrow foils, but little things to create downforce to. That first year of 69 where they allowed the fairly narrow wings bolted uh, to the cars like we saw on Mario's Bronner And I know AJ on his car had a bunch of wings bolted on. But just curious if you remember what it was like going from that transition of these sleek, cigar-shaped cars to uh, 69 and onwards when we started adding wings and they got bigger and bigger and bigger.
2: Well, you know... Marshall, I think if if everybody that did the same things that I did, and there was a bunch of them, after a while they all copied or did it or invented it or whatever, you know, I the, the total answer to that whole thing is we'd have probably all been better off if we hadn't gotten into the wing thing so hard. It it was. It was a giant, giant crutch Ooh. to lean on. And, and, and it provided a lot of go fast speed. You know, like a guy's on, on drugs there and he's got something that feels really good. And that's what that was. And, and I just, the more I thought about it over the years, and of course a lot of years, I didn't think about it in the years like you just produced. But, but I think if the truth were known, if people were really honest, we'd probably been off a lot with, or better off without them. Mm. I, I really do. In other words, yes, I, I may have been on the leading edge of it, and I damn sure was, you know. Dan Gurney was damn sure on the leading edge. You know, once once we decided what we needed... Which was wings to to make speed happen like today. Then then we knew how to do it and we did it. But boy, I'm telling you what, I really think the industry would have been better off. I don't necessarily mean that I had to go back to the origination of everything, but but. I think we'd have been better off if we'd have done a little bit more innovating on chassis setups mm. and things like that than than just the wings, you know? And, and I know that's going to sound a little bit backwards to you coming from Bobby Unser, but by the same token, it, it's what we acquire and what we do and, and what did we accomplish mm. in all this stuff? And yes, man, I'm telling you what, I'd, I'd get a, a wing invention done that Dan his people or I came up with and I'm telling you what it was just it was just magic and, and you just hide it like it was a part of your life and, and you didn't want anybody else to have what you had. And that was really important. But that shows you how strong that the wings were and and what they really did, front, back, and the middle.
0: (laughs) Do you remember, Bobby, just strictly from a driving standpoint, uh, what it was like, and not asking for a specific lap or or whatever, but just do you remember or can you recount any thoughts on what it was like when you were going from essentially a life and career spent without... Uh, aerodynamic downforce being that crutch or that tool you mentioned to now having to trust that the laws of physics you know you can't see the air pulling down creating a you know vacuum beneath the wing but you have to trust now when you go into turn one or wherever that these inverted airplane wings are going to actually help the car stick, and if not, make you go faster. Remember what that was like from a driving standpoint. Because most that I hear oh, say it mentally. A big deal.
2: Marshall, I just you know I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question before. But you know, Father, what it amounts to is, is that that the good Lord just gave you something,
0: hmm. and
2: that's the way you looked at it. In boy, it's called speed. Speed calls insurance. Insurance to. To go fast, keep your ride, win races, make you a better person. Man, it's just better all the way around. In other words, it was, it was, it was yippee! Do that thing! I've got something nobody else has, and I thought that for a long time, and especially with Dan, because you know anybody with Gurney. Could, could invent something, that they deciphered as speed, and somebody would try it, and that somebody was me. And, and very often, I was the guy that was doing the inventing. But boy, I'll tell you, those were the most fun days I ever saw, except, you know, a smart man should have known, it's going to come, but it's going to leave. The doors is pretty soon. Everybody else gonna have the same thing that Bobby has, and and I knew that, but I certainly didn't want to to let him get it easy. But it's it, it, it was a time of of like in my life. I probably set more records than anybody during all those years, and and it was just such a nice thing to be able to do and be involved in and and yet I knew that, that it's temporary you know it can't be just me that's going to have this but but at any rate on, on the wings I think that the industry would have been better off if we had not gone totally into the wings Yeah. and I mean all of us I don't care I'm, I was sitting here reading a magazine right now on Vintage racing, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and and uh, vintage motorsports, and and it's 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 all the same thing. If you look in there, everybody that goes fast got wings, but they don't have to have, and and we didn't have to have, and the cars look pretty nice without them. You know, like so in, in all these years now I've tried to cover. Different aspects of what is good and what is bad. And I think we have been a lot better off if we hadn't had them. We'd, we'd have still raced just as hard. Somebody would have found some secrets to go faster uh, without the wings. And I, I'm happy to say that I think that would have been myself and the Gurney operation back in those days. And and I just think it would have been better off, you know. I mean, you can't believe how much I used to hide our designs, our changes. It was just astronomical. Spy network.
0: <laughs> what were yeah. some of you, what were some of your favorite methods of hiding uh, the arrow secrets you were working on?
2: Well, you know, like for example. Tires, of course. Tires got involved about the same time, if you think back, you know. And and so I would I would hide to like like I hypothetically at Phoenix. Phoenix in Ontario is where everything happened. Like we go to Phoenix,
1: and a hypothetical deal, probably realistic too. Sure, but I'd go down there and, and, and test.
2: And then sometimes, like when we discovered the gurney flap, now there's more air, right? In other words, the gurney flap was nothing more than aerodynamics. You put a little strip of aluminum on that wing on the top side of it, and that thing would jerk more downforce than anything else you'd done, than even the wing itself would do. But somebody had to try it, you know. And then it had to be discovered. Had to go through the the deal of hiding. Lord only knows I I hid that deal. Is is I just can't believe how long I hid it. And we just couldn't believe. Dan couldn't believe. I mean, we just kept running that doggone. The, 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 put those little tabs on the back that were. Easy easy, 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 easy to make, but provided so much help but but you know think about this now. if everybody had that little bit of help that I had, well, not a little bit, but a whole lot, <laughs> I
1: think
2: all of them had it if they had brains enough to do it, which I found out they didn't. In other words, I go to Indianapolis. We we tried the thing. That, uh, we tested it for the very first time at Phoenix, and and Dan was grouchy that day, and and of course the whole team was grouchy when Dan's grouchy, and he didn't even take the full trailer down to Phoenix for the test. He just put the car on an open trailer like the sprint cars
0: would wow, do. Wow! Wow!
2: Yeah, I mean he is totally totally. Uh, in in a, in a in a in a bad mood, you know. But by the same token, I was too, because I had speed at one time, and and I'd lost it. In other words, I didn't couldn't gain it back. And and the the whole deal was is that we 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 unloaded the car down there, and, and uh, Wayne and I, the, my chief mechanic we really didn't have anything new or what we thought would be a big step to do. And and so we just started running basically what we had before. Gurney only got mad at everything. I mean, he just was in a bad mood that day. And then he comes over to me and asks me, would I try something if he would make it? Now he's the freaking boss, you know?
0: <laughs> And I
2: mean, and he owns every goddamn thing that we touch, and and so I told him, I said, "Well, make whatever you want to make. Give me something to try. I'd be happy to try it. I want the speed as much as he does. He might be selling cars, but man, I'm selling Bobby Unser too, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, we're all after the same thing, and so he takes off, you know. And Wayne and I were there shaking our heads. the 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 temperature in that team was not very low. It was really high, <laughs> and that day, you know. And we heard him over there doing something. Wait, like Wayne to say anything to keep him away, just get him away from us. Let him, you know, smile a little better, be nicer, or whatever, you know. We're all trying hard, and pretty soon he walks over to me, and he, he'd been pounding over there on that open trailer. He wouldn't even bring the goddamn diesel rig down, you know? And and that's okay. He owns the freaking thing. He can do what he wants. But but we're all trying to do the same thing. And he comes over, and he says, well, he says, you're going to have time to try that whatever I have, you know? And I says, yeah, I'll go get it now. Don't wait. I was getting a little bit a little bit hyped up on the mad side, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's just what, that's that's the way it goes. And so, he comes over with a goddamn little strip of aluminum that's, uh, I don't know, a quarter inch, three-eighth inch bent one time, you know? And, uh, it's a very small piece. And I, and he hands me that and I, and I'm thinking, well, what in the F-U-C-K are you doing with that? didn't make a lot of sense to me you know and I said, where you want it and he says right on the back of the wing on the top and I said fine Wayne put this son bitch on there and I don't care what you do get it on there fast I want to try it rivet it bolt it don't care what you do screws wood screws anything get it on there so he puts that thing on there and I'm telling you what I mean we're not dumb people Dan's not dumb he he's come up with lots of good ideas over the years, you know, and and so Wayne gets it. He's angry too, you know. What the hell, this piece of junk he wants ooh, to ooh. put on there now, <laughs> and 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 that little piece of junk turned out to be the biggest and greatest thing that has ever happened in motorsports. In other words, nobody's ever come up with anything that was that effective, that powerful, that much giving you something back, you know? And and I just, I couldn't believe it, except that I'm quick on things like that. I go go out of the pits and go around the track, and man, I only make one lap. And I said, shit, I've got the greatest thing in the world. Now I've got to slow down, get this thing all taken care of now, because... I really have something good. And so now Dan gets mad about that on top of it all. And and do I blame him? No. But do I think that he should have paid attention to me? Yeah, for sure. I'm good at shit like that. If I, if I discover something, I really got it. And I know how I know importance when I see it, and things like that. you know I know speed and I know good things and it's, it's with race cars, you know I miss on a lot of other things, but not with race cars
0: <laughs> 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 well I know the the one thing, Uncle Bobby, that really stands out too, which I hope you can share just on the topic of aerodynamic revolutions or wing-based revolutions at Indianapolis. <clears throat> so we have the first allowance of fairly narrow, small wings in 1969. Just in a couple of years, we go from having these little slivers, those little thin slivers of wings bolted onto the cars to 1972, where you shatter the lap record. You had amazing things with... I believe, the biggest rear wing ever in the history of the planet. Just crazy how huge it is. But also, maybe you could just share some thoughts on how we go from 69 with these little slivers worth of wings to just a couple of years later, and it's seemingly as big as half the car on the back of the thing you used to set yeah. the pole.
2: You know, you know Marshall, that, that we never got any signals at all, nor did Anybody that I've heard of on um, um, using the little slivers, right? Mm. In other words, those things, those things didn't give us a very good signal. It wasn't. It really wasn't. I'm just, i just. might be off a little bit on my on my head here. But the, the best I can remember is is we went to the real big ones, and my Lord, I can see. If uh, I just walked in the other room, I'd see them all over the place. And that just wowed everybody and just broke everything. But the thing is, why did we do that? And, and that's the part that, that we got to look at. In other words, the little slivers that you, that you related to, bah, they didn't do much. You know, maybe maybe they got us moving a little bit faster, but they just didn't do much, the best I remember. So then we put those and we had a oh, I wish I could think of his name right now and I can't write this a minute. But the guy that worked for uh McDonnell Douglas. Mm. Okay. I I I remember this just in time. I was gonna stutter, but I remembered it just in time. At any rate, uh I damn! I can't remember his name. Maybe I will. But at any rate, he he worked for McDonnell Douglas. They loaned him to us. In other words, here's our here's man using you got the computer. The guy was a computer whiz, okay? And and he had put a whole whole deal on the computer some way. I'm not a computer man, but he put that thing on the computer and it would come out and tell us whether we're good, bad, indifferent, whatever. And and I'd put it on the race car and it would tell me something. And it wouldn't uh maybe it wouldn't give me the the biggest answer in the world, but it would tell me something. So it, so that would set you off to something else. And and that's how and now that thing with, with McDonnell Douglas really, really, really helped. Wow. Because we had the, the, we didn't have to go run the race car because Dan was already screaming about being broke. And, uh, he probably was. And, and so we needed the, we needed the direction that we got from that. It was really good. And, and so from that, I know that Dan had to some way or another Come up with the idea of the worker bill or the gurney flap. I called it a worker bill, he called it the gurney flap, see hmm. and no no reason for the worker bill. it was just something I just called it a worker bill because it was easy, you know sure and 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 by golly that's it it worked and but it didn't work a little bit, it worked gigantically. I mean, in other words, yeah, I, I, I rode that thing around the track, maybe uh, three-fourths of a lap, total one lap coming in, too, and then says, I, I said, it's the best thing I've ever felt in a race car, period, and, and he wants to know, why didn't I run it a few laps? Because I'm security-minded. I don't want the fire uh, guys out there seeing what I'm doing. They're just going to tell Firestone, maybe, my brother, Mario, somebody like that, you know? And so I couldn't do that because I hadn't even started developing yet. Mm. just barely made a laugh that includes probably getting out of the pits and coming back in. I had the greatest thing that the good Lord had ever allowed a, a man to experience in a race car. In other words, I know the wording is not proper, but but I'm just going to tell you, Marshall, nobody ever felt that kind of a change. Wow. And then, of course, I put them on the front. had Wayne make me up a couple quick in the front. You make him up in a tenth of time, Dan, but that's <laughs> okay. Doesn't doesn't make any difference on that, you know. Mm. Again, I go out and I make one lap, and I come back in, and Dan says, "Well," I said, "Man, you can't believe we we just we just bought the whole goddamn works. I, there's nobody could touch me that day, that time with with that change. Nobody." I mean to tell you, thing is so adhering to the ground you wouldn't believe it. And and Dan says, "Well, why don't you run some more laps in?" And, he, and he, it was a bad attitude voice. But but, boss, I'm telling you what, you know, I ain't fucking up because <laughs> you look at the world. Everybody copied it when they could, you know. And 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 so. I just told Dan. I says, "I'm sorry. You got to believe in me. There ain't no other way to do this thing." But I ain't gonna let Firestone have it, because everything was Firestone and Goodyear in those days. I'm not gonna let Firestone have it, and and I'm gonna keep it for myself. And Dan doesn't believe me. He would just like to see one really fast lap. Well, I gave him lots of really fast laps. And I did it all over the United States, you know. Mm. And, and and he had a he had a really tough time. But boy, I'm gonna tell you what—just we just flirted with that thing a little bit, you know. Like we we leave Phoenix testing, we go to Indianapolis, and we get back to Indianapolis, and the uh, and the car is—I mean, giant, so friggin' fast, I don't know what to do. And then I tell Dan, I says, you know, I, I, I mean, some of these guys bought some of these things, you know. So I've got to be a little bit careful what I let out, what I show. But it was the most powerful thing. No matter my my new turbocharger that, that really made some speed for me. And it's part of this whole thing. But But no matter what even even discounting that. I had the I had the biggest gosh darn change ever made. And and it was really gonna be good. And and so it and I tell Dan that, well he he doesn't have a hell of a lot of choice because what's he gonna do? Get Jerry Grant to go back and and test? That ain't gonna work, mm. you know? I mean he just doesn't I mean, there's no sense in me downing somebody like that It just ain't gonna go fast that's all there is to it and and Dan knew that and we went back to the speedway and right away you know I just tickled a little bit and then bam! oh I hit a hit a good one and most of that was for Dan wow. because man I am gonna go fast you know Miller's gotta have that engine going but but Aside from Miller on the engine, it's going to happen. And now Dan started believing in it a little bit and started hiding the secrets. His way of hiding that secret, you know how he did it? No, how? Stuck that son of a bitch out in the open where everybody could see it. (laughs) (laughs) So help me God, this is what he did. And and you know how you... Because I guess we both have a little temper occasionally, you know? And I, and I wouldn't voice a lot of happiness days for that kind of junk, you know? And, and so pretty soon, we, we kind of worked ourselves, got on the same wavelength, same curve. Hey, we got to keep it a secret. And now we looked at every goddamn eagle, old or new, they would all have to go by our garage, and we had those window curtains on it. You probably remember some of that BS, mm-hmm. you know. And and so the cars would go by to get fuel. I'd look at them. I'd just stand there with my goddamn fever sore and watch them. <laughs> and nobody had had a fast Eagle or had a good engine. In an Eagle would go fast, and they didn't have the worker bill on there. See. And, and so so pretty soon here comes brand new ego that Dan had sold you know to somebody I don't even remember who he isn't going to go fast but that's okay you know it, it, he's got the wicker bill on the back now if we got somebody in our, in our team that's squealing on us damn sure not me you know damn sure not Dan so what you know You got to worry about in-house, too, a little bit, because we had one guy I didn't like too well, and he's the one that sold all my good shit before I'd get a chance to run it sometimes. It's Markle. Markle, I think his name was. It was Dan Salesman. And he'd sell that shit faster than I could invent it, or that (laughs) Dan could invent it, you know? And the first thing he'd sell, too, is that George Bignotti. God damn, you know? that's That's not a friend, you know? At any rate, we got into that stuff and, and it caused another big row in the team. And and it just was that way that that uh that we had something, it was great, but nobody would do it and the way Dan said it, i you know, like we get an argument, sometimes we'd have to close the doors and and I'd tell him, I say, Man, Dan, we can't do this. Man, you're spending too much money on it, I spend too much time on it. You can't do it. He says, well, the only way to stop it, how are you going to hide it? Well, I didn't have any answer for that. There's no way I can hide it. I says, I says, He says, well, tell me what to do then. I says, well, nothing we can do. We can't hide it. I says, what do we do? He says, we just leave it out in the open. He says, you know how everybody else throws a little tarp over their wings when they come in, so they won't have any... Any giveaway thing that the other guys can see like roughly how much angle do you have in it, you know? Sure. None of that stuff's going to exist. Just leave it out in the open. And and he says, We'll do the work, just like you come in, see what you want, we do it and that's it. And he says, So far nobody's got it but that one slow guy and he ain't got no engine. In other words, his engine's not going to go fast enough, to, you're going to be lucky to get in the race,
0: you know? That's the way we handled it, was just in the open. I love and it. That
2: was all Dan's idea, you know?
0: I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, Bobby, the one thing that might be interesting to close on this is looking at your 72, the white Olsenite Eagle, uh, for uh-huh. example that car being the one that brought the gurney flaps to life, this amazing earth-shattering lap record and qualifying, you share some thoughts or some insights on the fact, this is something that's always I've found interesting, 71, we had the McLaren, they were really the first ones to have the giant rear wing, by 70, in 71 Dan's car, the one you drove that Roman designed, was still kind of cigar-shaped, didn't have wings you know, all over it, but 72, you've got the good-sized wings up front, that giant rear wing, and yet, again, in testing at Phoenix, you're talking about the thing just wouldn't really go, wouldn't do anything. I know adding the gurney flaps transformed it, but I'm still, I still think folks might be surprised to learn that the first Eagle, with wings, huge wings on it, really wasn't a huge performer until Dan... Put those uh, those gurney flaps on the car. That might a be a surprise. Flap, but, yeah. See, you caught that. You know, I don't ever
2: remember anybody that's asked me a question like that, Marshall. Now, why don't other people see that? I mean, that's the, that's the cold-hearted truth right there. It doesn't mean that the car was a shit box, because Lord only knows, man. Uh, that that sets a new standard, and then you, everything you did worked on that. Meaning the worker bill, you know, but but would the car have been good without it? Yeah, for sure it would have, because we had we had other tricks that would work pretty good too, you know. It wasn't it wasn't just the the worker bill and the big wings. Oh, obviously, excuse me. Obviously, that helped it a bunch. But there was nothing like the wicker bills kicking it in the butt. That was the big kicker that that car got. But you know, that car being lower to the ground, the CG being lower, Mm. I learned an awful, awful, awful lot about that industry, you know? And that kind of stuff was making the car want to go fast, want to go fast. And all we had to do was, was the wicker bills just shortcut man i'm
0: telling you shortcut big big shortcuts you know well this was is a pretty fascinating era bobby i mean it really was going and i guess when i'm thinking back to significant technological advancements at the speedway and there's so many things we can point to throughout the years uh, we had, you know, tire development. We had the first front-wheel drive cars. We had, again, we can name all kinds of things, era, decade after decade. Turbocharging comes in, diesel, blah, blah, all kinds of things. I do think it's interesting that when, if we have to look at the one specific piece of technology that came in and is now 50 years old at the Speedway that has never gone away, uh, if anything it's only increased in knowledge every year that does happen to be wings and using downforce I mean for a race that's had a hundred and three editions it still surprises me that wings which came about during your era uh, it's really been the one through line that we can say it came in and it's never gone away I don't know if it ever will yeah it came in in a speed
2: <laughs> boy that's for sure and, and, yeah, that's, you're right on with that. And I think if they would have, well, they did try, but I think if they would have taken them away, you'd have seen a giant war. Now, even the slowest driver to the fastest driver, to the crankiest son of a bitch at the racetrack, they'd all raised hell to taken the wing away. And and what we would have done was the same as, like, we were with McDonnell Douglas. I mean, the the company knew what the heck we were doing, and they condoned it and liked it. And they weren't getting paid anything for it. They knew what we were doing. Our, our wingman knew what I was doing. And, and we'd only scratched the surface with the wings. Like, uh, uh, here, yeah, the book, I would just... Reading when when you call, Venice uh, Motorsports. There's pictures of it right in there. See, mm. and and the goddamn wings did a bunch, but but we had not, never like by the time that I got the or that Dan got the uh, wicker bell on the car. And now remember this. Now let me just open it up a little bit more. He never knew how high the wicker bell should be. He never knew exactly where we should put it. Us old drunks just gambled on that, <laughs> and it jumped out And, and in Venice, you know. And so the development period got awfully small, awfully short. And, and so thing in the beginning, it never had a chance, except that it didn't care what shit did. It was good. But to be perfect or to be good or to start trimming the race car for, you know, we were all trying to hit that 200 barrier in that period of time, if you'll remember. And, and so we all worked at that, and, and, and it worked. But then we started developing. Okay, now the same with the wing. I was just looking at this magazine a while ago, and I looked at how big the rear wings are. And, and they are flat ass big. And I'm thinking, wow. But that's okay. You know what? It worked. Yeah, here it is here, yeah. You know. the picture I was looking at. And, and a giant, giant rear wing. I, I looked at that thing right away and I say, wow. Think how much air I was pushing with that thing. Mm. But you know what? The goddamn thing, you know, to the height of it, you know, yeah, it it came as important as uh, as goddamn, as the engine in the car would be. I mean, I, I could I could tune that thing so easy, and yet hide the secret from other guys. In other words, what is Bobby doing? He went from one hundred and eighty-five to one hundred and ninety-five. What the hell's he doing? Well, they wouldn't even see the differences that I'm making. See what I mean? In other words, I looked on here with a magnifying glass, I barely, barely, barely see a wicker bill on the back of this wing. And and I didn't have to stand it up like a big old
0: board, you know?
2: Yeah. Pushing all that much air. And and it worked. And and I mean it worked every place but the tuning of it. And then you start going up to the front. Now, you know, I always, if you look at my cars, I always had more left front wing than I did uh, right front wing. And the, the, the reason for that is obviously you want to try to keep your car somewhat level in the turns. And But then I would play around with those little wicker bills and such small amounts that you couldn't believe it. And the other guy's most likely wouldn't catch me. In other words, they know they gotta have them, so they put them on. Don't know why it works, and that's the end of it. You know. So, so I just think that the Wicker bills did more than 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 everybody thought, which they did. But then there was always that deal about, you know. What would you do if they outlawed the Wicker bills? That's what I used to worry about, because I could do so much with it. You know, I mean, and and just the wing. Now, when I first went back there, I will guarantee you the big rear wing, that sucker, I pushed the signboard down the, down yeah. the track, and and yet it it was good and it worked, but they took that away from us well so the Wickerville did it then See, a wicker bill of of an inch or an eighth of an inch oh man and and we just found out because we were the inventor of that stupid stuff we were the we were the ones that found out what to do on both ways you know i mean i had guys want me to try them underneath and i said you guys all should be put some crazies
0: <laughs>